Welcome, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever applies. The Dharma talk title or topic is Ego Intelligence. Ego Intelligence. I just wanted to, to address that. You know, we've talked about it before in different ways, but the idea that the ego, the self-centered part of the mind, aspect of consciousness, very, very intelligent at defending itself, at protecting itself. Just uh, you can pick out any really intelligent, pretty, pretty intelligent kind of sort of intelligent kind of, yeah, intelligent people, uh, you know, famous people and notice how they're, they're really smart, but their intelligence is all about protecting themselves. It, it's not about really fundamentally sharing or being generous with others. It's not about a particular kind of uh, openness. Uh, I can name a few, but I don't think I even need to. <clears throat> you can see that people are very smart. You hear two people talk, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan, and just to pick a couple of people that I'm not going to mention. Uh, you know, you can see that they're, they're, they're brilliant. I'm going to take that away, but it is used to reify and support a person who knows everything and understands. And, and their, their generosity comes from acknowledging other people's intelligence. They're so kind to do that. But we, as a bunch of nobodies, uh, are very lucky in that we aren't somebody who is hindered by fame, hindered by notoriety, hindered by the very talent, talent that other people are envious of. It's called materialism. They eat worldly dharmas. It is a trap. And it's not a, a trap that is, uh, feels like a trap for 50 or 60, 70 years. It might never feel like that. The only time it feels like something, something, I, something I missed here, you're on your deathbed and you're 95 or you're 63. Is there something, uh, all this fame has felt pretty good, but something's not working here. I'm not, it's not lasting. Uh, can I take this, as they say, and I take it with me? You can't take anything with you. Two reasons. You don't have anything in the other places. You're not going anywhere. <clears throat> but the intelligence in our own mind, it's just, just use your example, uh, your mind's example of what at the last time something happened, which was like when the toast popped up or when somebody handed you a cup of coffee. Notice all of the additions that you put on top of that. Thinking, 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 thinking. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be this way. Why is that happening? Didn't that happen? Doesn't he know about it? Doesn't she? Doesn't, doesn't. It's just, uh, uh, as I often call it, paying due respect to Lawrence Ferlinghetti. It's a Coney Island of the mind. Mostly not so entertaining. Mostly just busy work. Just constant chattering about every damn thing. <clears throat> Can't stop that. Don't need to stop that. You don't need to stop anything. You don't need to control anything. What do you need to do? I'm very biased here. You might want to just hold everything still that you can, which is, of course, the body, not the mind, and then watch what keeps shuffling along or ramping up or clamping down or all the ups and downs to the mind, fluffing up. Just observe that so that you can see eventually, not right away, but eventually see that there, that what is happening there is totally, uh, um, totally uh, appropriate. Even the most horrible, worst, terrible things that the ego makes into some kind of a problem, somebody needs to fix or solve or stop doing. We see that what is happening there is totally, completely, utterly perfect because it is happen out, happening out of dependent origination. It's not a separate event or thing or uh, <clears throat> consequence or cause or person or tree limb. It isn't something separate. <clears throat> you have to see it. <clears throat> the Buddha can't do it for you. Your mother can't do it for you. I certainly can't do it for you. But you can do this. You can do that. You can actually see this yourself. And if you see it, the war is over. There's, there's no more agreeing with anything. There's more, no more disagreeing with anything. And the other thing is, this is probably the most important. There's no more ignoring anything. You actually are who you are. You are the karma that came into this world. You are the, what you've been trying to change and get rid of and perfect and 
calm down and ramp up and all the other. You are that and it's unreal. So you are that and it's unreal. That's why that's where this teaching of non-duality comes from. Not two, not separate. The intelligence of the ego is persistent and will continue to whisper in your ear. You shouldn't be doing that. This isn't working for you. You better try something else. You better look around. You better shop around. Don't do anything. Less is better. Slow down. Just watch the the excitement and the depression and the and the boredom of the mind come and go, looking for something, something else, something else, something else. Ego is very intelligent at seventh consciousness, as is taught in the Yogacara tradition. That aspect of consciousness that is drawn into a a temporary center based on fear, a temporary center based on hope for something better, a temporary center based on me and my stuff and what I need to protect and what I can I have to look out for. Paranoia, paranoia. We'll use any ego. We'll use anything to support. It's agenda, it's, it's uh, belief, it's propaganda. Use anything, anything that shows up can be converted into that kind of confusion. So what are we doing here? We're going to look at that. <clears throat> You're going to look at it. I'm here to help you. And when you get distressed and feeling like this is not working, I'm not, I can't handle this. I, I've had people say to me, serious students, fully ordained students, monks say to me, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. What do I say? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If they'll listen, yes, you can. It can get extremely challenging, extremely painful, and extremely difficult on the spiritual path because you're, uh, it's uh, the the it's against all odds. There's no there's no way you can win. And why can't you win? If we talk about it conceptually, there isn't any solid being called you. There is a body mind complex here, but who you are transcends personality. Even though the personality seems incredibly strong, and it can be continue continue to be very strong and very outlandish or very boisterous or very outrageous or whatever, but it's unreal. It's fundamentally unreal. How do I know? I don't know anything. I don't have any proof for anything. Don't believe a word I say. You hear me say this all the time. And what am I? Why am I doing that? Because I want you to see this. Don't believe me. You look at it. Get your body, speech, mind, everything you have that you call me. Get it to a situation that is still. Or you can watch the constant propaganda of the mind chattering at you, do this, don't do that, you should do this, you shouldn't do that, that's not working, this isn't working. I can tell you now, everything is working. Everything is occurring, everything that is showing up is exactly correct. But what we do with it, we buy into it as, well, this shouldn't, but that shouldn't, but this happens, and we, and we use, what we use to ramp that up and validate or verify that is the, the attendant emotions along with it of fear or hope. Or, or entertainment, or pleasure, or pain. Anything, we'll use anything to continue to protect uh, who you think you are. <clears throat> Buddha nature, who you actually are, doesn't need any protecting. May take a while. You, you just cannot be killed. You can't kill this. If you see this, if you see this, what the, the simple... A description of you're liberated. What are you liberated from? The belief that there's something to be liberated from. Not separate. It's so completely uh, uh, outlandish that you could possibly transcend this world. At the same time, there are billions of people who are torturing each other, running away from each other, grasping each other, shoving each other around with uh, just... Uh, look out and look at skyscrapers and cars and uh, they still call them skyscrapers probably not bridges they still call them bridges things that go over things that are coming apart <laughs> and falling down <clears throat> nothing lasts everything comes apart and this body mind complex will come apart if you just watch it come and go it can't get sustenance unless as a separate 
ego as a separate being, as a separate agenda without being pushed, pulled, or shut down on. Those are the three. You have to see those. And you don't have to maintain it. Just it's just you just flash on it. Just just flash on what it is. So when I say ego intelligence, I'm just saying that the self-centered aspect of the mind will usurp uh, the how do I say it, it it makes use of your particular intelligence that self-centered part to actually prove th some things and disprove others relatively speaking and it, it does work to some extent <clears throat> but what is what is missed in the mind of someone who's really intelligent a psychologist a philosopher someone who has an incredible what, acumen uh, what are the other words for intelligence smarty pants, all those things. The person who really sees and you can tell by the way they write or the way they speak that they're, whoa, they, they understand. They, no, they don't. It's makeshift. It's made up. It's invented. The whole thinking process, all the Dharma, all of the teachings and everything are what? Tongue in cheek. They're tongue in cheek. They would have to be. If the truth of the, of the Buddha's Dharma is true, then everything is tongue in cheek. But you need those tongues. You need that. You need those stair steps because the relative situation is so enmeshed in belief, disbelief, hope and fear, passion, aggression, and ignorance. So we need to have that kind of structure. That's why we study all the Dharma we can handle, which is what in our uh, community here is uh, 12 book studies per week. Some, uh, some of it going into areas of the Dharma, like the Majjhima Nikaya, the we're studying that right now, somewhat. Early teachings of the Buddha, we, we, it doesn't matter what it is, we can study it. If it's, uh, if it's Buddhist uh, teaching. Questions? Don't let, it, don't let me get away with this. Ask questions. Deb Bowling? Go ahead, Deb. In the relative world, there are those scholars or smart people who will say, um, these personality traits or those behaviors are not helping you and will help one to start to change those. Is there a need for that in, in the Dharma? Is there need to change <clears throat> personality or traits? Bowing. Thank you. No. No. I'm not saying that that can't happen, that that won't spontaneously happen to some extent, but you cannot trace the source of that. When I say you cannot, don't believe me, work on it yourself. I'm, I'm saying that we don't have to start and try to change uh, what is being produced as dependent origination. We don't, we don't have to take the surface of that and try to mold this into that because there is no this and that. It just looks like it. It's an intense thing. This is why it's constantly referred to as an illusion. This doesn't mean that we, we shouldn't work on relative truth, of course. There's an embodiment here. There's a human being here. Human beings here. Work in the relative way. Work in the relative way. It's the belief and the grasping and the disbelief and the demand and, and the accusations to others that are suffering. So you don't really have to uh, <clears throat> get better, improve. Not that you that might happen as, as some aspect of your path. It might you might find that you stop fighting with people. You might find that you fight with some people even more. It's always about awareness. It, it's not. This is not about a therapy. Not that we don't need therapy. It's, most people cannot do this. Most people cannot do this kind of practice. And not, and most people are not even interested in what this old man is saying, but apparently you are, you're here. But I have nothing to promise, nothing to sell. If you don't show up, I won't either. I'm saying you need to see it. And as far as, uh, Deb, as far as your question, <clears throat> you, you may get more irritable. You may get more angry. As Cobancino said, and I have to paraphrase because I wasn't there. But the first 10 years are pretty hard, but the next 10 years are even harder if, if you continue to practice. It does not necessarily get easier. 
it gets it becomes different. There's something different changes as you go along on the path. Ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years, fifty years. It's, it's something is changing there. But what fundamentally changes not what the ego mind is looking for and wants as a credential that ego is getting included in enlightenment. Wants to witness its own demise. Like ego saying, I won't get, I won't interfere. Just let me just kind of st sit here and just watch how wonderfully enlightened I'm becoming. There will be no, uh, there will be no result. If it has results, then it's, then it's dependently arisen. Then it will disappear. Awakening is not created. Awakening is already the case. 15 people sleeping, one person is awake. What's the difference? One person's awake. If you're awake, you see what this is. If you're not awake, you, you're dreaming. You're dreaming this world. You're actually looking at a dream, and you think it's real. You'll fight with it. You'll agree with it. And someone who sees this as a dream just enjoys themselves. <clears throat> this doesn't mean they're all blissed out or have stars coming out of their ears. It doesn't mean that they, they don't have emotions. They do. It's just there's no solid being anymore. There's no belief in one. There's no disbelief in one. There's no positionality there anymore. So therefore, you may you may find that you uh, continue to have uh, certain kinds of thought patterns that come and go and come and go. That maybe a few years ago you thought, well, if I meditate, these will go away. They don't need to go away. They're dependently risen. This is a this is a, a the, the human realm. This is a realm of desire. Those are not likely to fade out. What does happen? If you practice and if you begin, if you intend to see what this is, intend, intend to see what this is, and you see what this is, it won't be a result. It won't be something else. It can't be something else because if you see what this is, nothing is separate from anything, anywhere. All the polarities, up and down, back and forth, life and death, good and evil, Buddhas and sentient beings, not separate. Not the same either. Governor Welling, um, you said that when you awaken, you see that everyone is awake, I think. They just don't know it. And they don't know it. Um, mm -hmm. Can you? Can I help you? Yes, I can. I can help you. How do you see that everyone? Why wouldn't you just see that everyone is asleep? You see both, they're not separate. And you, yeah, good one. You see that everything is asleep and awake at the same time. Not two, there's no two-ness anywhere. You can't find two things anywhere. More? Keep coming, help me, help Jumping us. Along, are, are you just seeing how everyone believes that they're? Yes, it's the, it's the fixation that you see. Because the fixation on right or wrong or should be or shouldn't, or it's just a, <clears throat> and that area can get more and more difficult as we try, as we buy into our assumption that we should be able to not, that shouldn't be happening. If I were awake, then I would be this. So that's the trap. That's the intelligence of ego. It's using the belief, just like our politicians, they generate, <clears throat> tell a lie enough, and eventually it's just works as well as anything. You know, what? why not just go with, uh, what is it? False blues, isn't that false blues? Right? Oh, no, it's not a color. It's news, false news, fake news. Oh, fake news, fake news, that's it. Politically, it's all over the place. There's all kinds of, and if you buy into this and reject that, then you tend to get into that cycle of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. It's not that people aren't relatively incorrect, of course, we're not ignoring that. It's just it's a trap of that whole grasping or fixation, whether it's even on right. The fixation on right can also be 
uh, circular. Go ahead. Yeah, more. Talking about what what happens to belief when you awaken? <clears throat> you don't believe. You don't disbelieve. You don't have that kind of positionality anymore, other than just very uh, simple relative. I believe the one I always use. I believe my car, our car, is in the parking lot. But I don't know that. I believe that the city of Chicago is not going up in flames, but I don't know that. But if you were to ask me, is do you believe the city of Chicago is going up in flames? I would say no. <laughs> Come on, help me here. I can't. I can't. This is not uh, Broadway. I need help. Buy one more. How do you catch yourself believing and then say, "Oh, I, oh, mess with you." And do you still get? <laughs> what was that? Why is everybody laughing? <clears throat> Paranoia. You corrected yourself. Oh, does that happen often? Mm How's -hmm. that working for you? <laughs> Correcting yourself. What's the question? Does the um, does belief still come up for you, and then you? It takes a while to realize that you're believing it may, something. May not. It may. You know, it's a very simple, ordinary. Uh, it's just ordinary. So it may show up, but it can't. It can't find a a grasping aspect. It can't find an aspect of consciousness that wants this and doesn't want that. So whatever is arising is. As I have said recently, has a ticket to ride. It has it has permission in the, to rise in the mind stream because it's dependently risen. This does not mean that somebody sitting next to you or with you uh, as, as, who is in excruciating pain that you just say uh, everything is unreal. You know, you 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 are not separate from their suffering or their pain. You meet them in that. You have the pain that they're having with them. And the only way you can do that is you're no longer afraid of anything, not even afraid of insanity. You're not afraid of anything anymore, nor are you full of bravado about that necessarily. You're always on receive. You're on receive. And if there, any production comes out, it comes out of your clarity about the confusion you're receiving. So you're able to respond to each person. If there is a person that gives you permission, you're able to respond out of the clarity. More? You know, so you may be miserable, but there, since there's no one there, then that misery is self-existing, just a way of talking about it. Nobody even knows what self-existing means, but when you run into that, you what, what kind of concept did I use? It just seems to have its own nature by itself. It's, it's like a singularity. It's like you're looking at a flower. There isn't anything but that flower, self-existing. You're looking at a negative thought. Isn't anything but that negative thought, self-existing. Complete respect for everything. Complete respect for confusion. No longer interested in the politics of experience of trying to make everybody be a certain way. Make everybody be, be a Buddhist or make everybody be this or that or live up to this or live up down to that. More? So do I have one more? Do we need to know exactly what we are afraid of? Maybe a little, but it's just the fear. The fear, and then then who's afraid? It's more about identity rather than about the fear is dependently risen. It's going to come, it's going to go. It'll come and it'll get go. It's like it's like our health. It gets better, and then and then we don't. And then something happens. Then we do this, and then we do that, and, and then that changes that, and then we look at this and this. It's so complicated. So I'd say no. Don't have to know what what it is. It's scary. Summed up, it's just fear of death, fear of failure, fear of of, uh, of disgrace, being disgraced or being embarrassed because everyone sees how nuts you are. That's why it's hard to face the teacher. At least it was very hard for me to face both of my teachers because of my own insanity, my embarrassment over it, that there was something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with anyone. Realize it. How do you do that? You have to look at the insanity. 
not fiddle with it, try to change it, not find a special medication or a special yoga posture. Am I against that? No, practice yoga, teach yoga. We have a yoga studio. I'm not against any of this. Do all of this, but train your mind. And then the dependent origination that is showing up in your world, whether it's a monastery or whether it's a, 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 a baseball diamond in Chicago, not to pick on Chicago, but if some otherness is happening, it's totally appropriate. There's nothing to fix, nothing to repair. We have yoga. We have we have therapists. We have we we work with the relative world, but we but we we live. But the person who is your client uh, may not realize it, but you're living in enlightenment, and they're living in misery and suffering, and it's unnecessary. This doesn't mean that the karma that arises in this person or this person isn't isn't ready for this, of course. But this there's not just this. This little 70, 80 years of life or whatever it may be. I like to say 70 or 80 or 90 because, you know, might have a little bit more room there. Probably not. But it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Whatever happens in your mind stream is both relatively true because it's there and ultimately false because it's an illusion. I don't care how much it sucks. I sometimes say I haven't said it much these days because I don't think it, it translates into some kind of a support or teaching. But I say, how do you think I feel? <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm recommending that you just be, the, just be the suffering. The Buddha didn't say that for the hell of it. And he didn't say part-time. Life is suffering. Why is that happening? Because of wanting something else. And if, if you want something else, there needs to be a wanter. Someone who wants, someone who desires, mistaken identity. There isn't anyone. Other questions? Jeez, I'm bowing. <clears throat> what does it mean to aspire to be a bodhisattva? Or what is an aspiring bodhisattva? Just some kind of uh, inclination to want to help, want to... Uh, so, and seeing that there's a structure, a path, and a teacher, and a teaching, and a community, uh, and one reads about that, relative bodhicitta is just trying to help people. Ultimate bodhicitta is just be blunt about it, saying there's nobody to help. What? buying how do we practice being a bodhisattva when the impulse is to not want others to succeed or to have That's what we don't think they deserve? Yeah, it's totally that. Just receive that. Just receive those emotions and feelings. Don't try to push them down. See that there's no one there. It's a mistaken identity. Just like if you're angry, what we try to do is stop being angry. Even though even though the vow that uh, Ondo received yesterday is a don't be angry. But you want to recite that, the, the full form of that, and we can pick that apart a little bit. The ninth uh, prohibitory precept, uh, no being angry. Beyond our limited conceptual realm, the realm of how we think things and situations ought to be. The Dharma world, the boundless Dharma world is endlessly extending, giving up on our expectations on the moment and bowing to the richness of how things really are is no being angry. Thank you. Any questions? Good memory. Did you read that? No. Yes. Cheers, I'm bowing. What is it to recognize the richness <clears throat> bowing? Look at the shit. Look at look at the crap that comes up in our mind stream. Sit down, hold still, and receive the garbage that's coming, and receive receive the treasure that's coming. Receive everything that's coming. We tend to run away from those things that are smelly, and go towards what first and second noble truth, basically. But but the Dharma world. 
is is available. It's available to you. But the Dharma gate for that, what is going to need to open up is the very fear that is there. That that is this is where ego is so intelligent. It takes and it takes the mind stream because it is so afraid of that you as an as an apparent individual, which you all think you're apparent individuals. This is not an accusation. It's a description. And you are not. You're nobody. There's nobody here. There's nobody here. This voice you hear, you may think this is a good teaching. You may think it sucks. I'm not concerned with that. I'm not concerned with how I appear anymore. What I am concerned with is the vow that I received, and I intend to observe that vow. And if you've received this vow, that's what it is. The vow to be with all things, including your own mind stream. If, if you're not receiving your own mind stream, no matter how cluttered, no matter how many combinations of thoughts and conditions and ideas and consternation that arises and comes and goes, if you can't just receive that, let it come through. It won't find anyone. I don't care if it's a if it's an army of elves. If it's a bunch of worms coming towards you, welcome. Welcome. They're not separate from anything. It's the illusion that it's out there. And it's also the illusion that it's threatening. What is that? I'll tell you what it is. It is a mirror. The mirror. You're looking at your mind. How do I know? I don't know. I don't have any proof. Take me to court. I'll lose. Undo. Undo Should we um, consider the boundless dharma at all? Bye. What do you think it is? <clears throat> Openness, space, uh, no reference points. Bye. Sounds good to me. What's your question? So, looking at the shit. Yeah. Do we flash on the boundless dharma at all? You could. You could. This would be very individual, and I wouldn't set it up as a form where you're doing this and flashing on this. And but, yeah, some somewhat. Since you're asking that question, that's probably already happening. But each person's working with this in a different way. What is boundless dharma? What is it? Beyond our conceptual realm. Beyond our conceptual realm. So the the concepts work up to a point, and then something starts to come apart at the extreme conceptual level and and deep, powerful intelligence of human beings. And and it comes because it it is connected and... and, uh, and attached to the living being. This is when Dogen Dar- um, Zenji and other teachers, not just Dogen, in the 13th century says, drop off body and mind. He didn't say get rid of it. He's basically saying, this is unreal. Drop off the body and mind. Don't get rid of the body. Don't kill yourself. But see that you're, that you're not just your body. Attachment to the body, powerful. Attachment to thought patterns and mind and emotions is powerful. The emotions are intense. Sometimes they're horrific and we believe it we believe it's instead of it's just uh, a hurricane our own personal tornado won't last nothing lasts and it's dependently arisen the causes and conditions that bring that negative emotion up through your heart mind not caused by any by anything they're uncaused there's a relative structure to it somewhere, but that's not going to help you. It just makes turns you into a philosopher. Fishing around for something. What? Reference point. It's like it's like being in the ocean and looking for water. There's got to be some water here somewhere. You're in it. You're in it. You're in this right now. Question from Navid. Navid. In dreams, I feel that my ego doesn't exist or it's very faint. How can dreams help us to realize our true nature? 
especially if we can remember our dreams and can lucid dream. So I think it's very individual with each person. If you do a lot of lucid dreaming, this just gives you personal experience of something that looks very real and solid and and yet it's it's movable movable and you can actually affect it. So and each person's uh, lucid dream is going to show up differently. Several people here you do lucid dreaming sometimes. Anybody else lucid dream? And all lucid dreaming is you do that? No, you do. Yeah. So and all it really is is uh, you you're a dreaming and you awaken within the dream and you see that there's furniture and you're in a building. Maybe you're actually in the living room, and but the what the forms you see in front of you might be uh, real in the in the uh, if you were totally awake. They're there. There's the couch and there's the the end table and, and there's the lamp. But in the dream, uh, the lucid dream, you, you see all of that. You may be actually walking in your astral form or your, your, uh, an aspect of consciousness that shows up as a form of the body, which is, uh, uh, real in that it appears and unreal in that there's nothing there. Uh, that situation, there's a, there's an area in there where you can actually go back and forth. Um, I think that's really interesting. Uh, it just tells you that anything you see is unreal. It's a, an illusion from the point of view of consciousness, consciousness only. So I would say, I, I don't know. I would think if you want to do that, one of the things you can do is just write down your dreams. This puts you more in touch with that area of the consciousness that is a, that changes, that goes into that other reality every night and believes what's happening. Uh, you can also, uh, some people that if you work at it, you can actually uh, make things happen, uh, change in that area that is, at once supported by an actual couch that's in the room that your astral form is standing in or walking through and can completely transform into anything. This is why it's so terrifying. Those of you who've had, had some lucid dreams, some people are not so terrified because they have had a lot of them. They were always very scary to me when I was having them. So I'm not sure if that's helpful. I would say it's up to you. Probably writing down your dreams would be a good idea. That'd be a question from Nitesh. What blocks us from seeing that we are awake? Belief in that and not believing that. The polarity that the mind stream, which thinks uh, that there is someone, me. Uh, what, what was the name again? Nitesh. Nitesh, Nit, and with an N? N-I-T-E-S-H. Okay, so thinking that there is a person, there's a body-mind complex called Nitesh, and believing that that's real. <laughs> and you would say, well, isn't it? I mean, it's here, we have nerve endings. Of course, it's relatively real. It is relatively real, but who you are ultimately uh, is the actual reality because it does not come and go. And it's always, it's always the case. Whereas the body minds come and go and come and go and come and go. Question from Jeremy Gray in Portland. Jeremy. Does feeling like I'm on the right path or feeling like I'm a good person or the desire to make the world a better place reinforce the ego, the delusion? Is there anything that doesn't strengthen it? The one thing, and I'm biased here, having been around for a little while, the only thing that doesn't, doesn't uh, uh, reinforce it is uh, meditation practice. Wouldn't have to be shikantaza, but that's from the ones I've looked at. That's the one that seems to be the most powerful, the most direct. You sit down, hold still, and you watch what keeps moving. Because what keeps moving is uh, the form that the illusion takes, the illusion of being somebody who's thinking, takes a while to have thoughts and realize that the thoughts don't have a thinker the way that it was said by, I think quoted by what Stephen Batchelor, some other author thoughts without a thinker. It isn't exactly that. There's still a thinker. You just see that it's unreal. So that, that is what, uh, and everything else can support that the relationship to the teacher. So to some people, the relationship to the, to the teacher is the most important. That was the most important for me, meeting Chogyam Trungpa. Without that, I'd still be trying to compete with Jordan Peterson or somebody. 
arguing with people, disagreeing, studying Nietzsche and say, if I could just understand what Nietzsche is talking about, it would be easier to understand Kierkegaard. Am I being silly? Yes. I'm just saying that it's relative truth is powerful and magnetic and, and we, we love it. We can go in and we can figure things out just like Arthur Janov did in, in the early 1970s with primal therapy, primal scream, and even convinced uh, Yoko Ono and uh, John Lennon that all they had to do was just have the emotion, just scream. And that would, that would somehow get rid of the whole thing. I was so excited about that. About 10 copies of that book and gave them to all my friends. And I even had an appointment to go out to California to go to the center for feeling therapy and, which I don't know if it's there anymore, and try that because I was so terribly miserable. So just beside myself, I didn't, I didn't want to live anymore. We've all been there a little bit, perhaps. And then I met uh, Yadra Chogyam Trungpa. That all came to a halt. Go ahead, Teresa. Teresa Bowling, who or what is it that says that this isn't real? Just consciousness. Consciousness, just consciousness only. Just, just perception. Perception sees that there's no subject, and there's no object, and and seeing that also is seeing an illusion. The illusion doesn't go away. So there's no, no no one sees that. There there is no separate being anywhere. You'll begin to see that when the body-mind collapses and goes back into the elements, you may show up as another being. You may never come back here again. When I say you, well, just talking about consciousness, I'm not talking about the identity that uh, that is uh, might line up with the way your mother describes you or the way you describe yourself. But you know, I'm sure you notice that your mother's description of you and your description of you might not be the same, but your description of your mother's description of your father won't line up the way your father's description of your mother's description of you. Follow me there? If you do, then you're probably dizzy. <laughs> this is um, what I'm saying is we do this all the time. We think, well, well, I don't want you to think that what I'm thinking is not in line with what you're thinking about what I'm thinking. How's that? You have a blank look on your face. You're huh? I thought you were looking at Yogi. <laughs> you thought I was looking at Yogi. Oh, that's the fundamental nature of reality. Right there in a nutshell. A proverbial nutshell. Someone's talking to you, and you think they're talking to someone else. That's it. That's no self. Thinking that it's... Feel any different? Okay. Well, if it doesn't feel any different, then that's that's a little bit more encouraging. So you can't really squeeze a, a, an a, a credential out of what I said. That's that Sokokoji Mudra again. Who knows? <laughs> so where were we? We're getting ready to end, or we have other questions? Yes. Question from Ken in New York. Ken in New York. If ego sustenance is starved, does ego get louder in protest? How do you manage to function in daily life in the midst of that onslaught? Yeah, that's a, yeah, is that Ken Chill? Yeah, that's, that's a, so what the downside is what you're describing is difficult and painful, but the upside is you're, you can't describe that that way unless you're actually receiving that and looking at it. And I would say to you, with as much, uh, um, uh, whatever, much confidence as I, as I can muster to show you relative confidence, you're doing this. Just keep doing that. Be able to describe what's happening to you in such a way means, tells me that just can keep doing this. It's like you're telling me I'm here on the mountain and I'm going this direction and what should I do next kind of question. And I'm saying, yeah, keep going. Just keep going that. It has a kind of distance that is not actual uh, kilometers or miles. It's not that. It's a it's a, an area that you're working in by asking that question. You're working in that area. And I would say just return to the cushion as much as you can. You don't have to force it. You don't have to make yourself sit there for all day long. But get there as much as you can. Try to set up a form. 
strike a bell, sit down, stay there for four hours, stay there for 20 minutes. Do as much as you can without some kind of macho force. That's that doesn't that just wastes the energy, the intention. It wastes, you could say, um, although nothing is ever wasted, but it sets up a dynamic that makes it more and more frustrating because because the, the tendency is to want to find a result. And what you're describing there is just there doesn't seem to be any result. That's why it's working. That's why it will work well. Just keep going. Question from Isaac. Isaac. Is telling or coaching myself that my ego is unreal helpful to seeing that truly? Um, it could be. If there's a lot of sitting practice with it, if you're spending a lot of time on the cushion, I think then it's it can be helpful. But if you're trying to do that without any awareness practice, then it, it tends to take up a circularity in the mind stream that buys right into the intelligence of ego that keeps defending itself. Then we, we kind of get a credential out of we're doing that. We're, we're telling ourselves we're not letting ourselves off the hook. We're, we're telling ourselves that, that, you know, I'm just saying that do a lot of sitting. Sit down a lot. Look at the wall. Gaze at the wall. Just put down and receive whatever's in front of you in the in this, in this uh, visual consciousness, the ear, nose, tongue, body, mind. Everything is coming towards you in any of these consciousnesses. Just receive without comment. Another question from Naveed. Go ahead, Naveed. When we wake up in a dream, we realize that there's another reality outside of our dream. What do we awaken to in this reality? It's vividly real, but it's empty. It's vividly real. This is vividly real. You cannot argue with this. You cannot argue with all of this. And then when the emotion comes up in the mind stream, it's, we don't even, it's uncaused. It feels like it's something that if you feel a lot of negativity over a period of uh, two or three days or a week, then we, we, we have to, we name it, don't we? We, we call it depression. We don't know what that is, but as soon as you call it depression, you've stopped looking at it because you're going to settle for that, that word. That'll stop you right there. Depression. I'm depressed. Somebody else is depressed. I'm depressed too. I had depression for a while and it finally went away. On and on and on. And talking to the psychiatrist or the counselor, they're going to try to fix you. Not in every case. It depends. Here, here we're back to that word again. And it's not a, a diaper. And we're back to that over and over and over again about what this depends on that, depends on that, depends on that. Question from Marco. Marco who? Weesh. Marco. I think, I think it's the Marco in the Netherlands. Marco in the Netherlands. Okay. Uh, is talking about ego some kind of credential? Sure. So the credentials are going to come and go. It's the grasping at the credential, thinking that you are It'd be like me walking out of here and walking and thinking, oh, I've been this great Dharma teacher and I just taught all these people. I must be saying something good because people here are listening or else I'm talking in, in these sophisticated circles. So everybody thinks I'm a Zen master. I'm nobody and nor are you. But we have to take up a form if we're going to save all beings, if we're going to fundamentally save ourselves and save the world. We, we need to take up some kind of identity. It's the grasping, the the, the clutching at the identity, at clutching <coughs> right and wrong, that makes it so difficult. This doesn't mean you shouldn't do whatever you want to do. Be a, be a painter, be a musician, celebrate your life, but train your mind at the same time. Find some time to, you don't have to be a monk. You have to be a monk. I won't be able to stop you. And I try to stop you. You need to do, um, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter a lot what you do. It's just that uh, if you're listening to me, we want to spend some time training your mind. And how do we do that? Look at how untrained the mind is. Sit down, hold still, and look at the lack of understanding about what is arising, what is coming and going in the mind. We really don't know what that is. 
what we think we do. Ego is very intelligent and will make, will turn anything into some kind of a credential or, or some kind of a, uh, the other way around is this is not working. The lack of credential, this is not getting anywhere. I'm not, I'm getting no, uh, no, I don't feel good about this. This is terrible. It's getting worse, getting worse. I need to find something else. I need to take uh, Prozac or something. Not that you should, maybe you should. That's that's situational also. There's no right way to do this. Don't need, the way I see it, the way I understand it, the only kind of mistake you can make, if you're listening to me, if you're not listening, then it's not a mistake, is to not train your mind, to not find out fundamentally who this person is fundamentally beyond your your thoughts and ideas and conclusions and opinions about it. So what I was saying earlier, I don't walk out of here after this Dharma talk thinking what a great Dharma teacher, Zen master, I am. Uh, John Bowing? Yes, John. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, of the two truths, is one more true than the other? They aren't separate. Nice hat, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm liking this hat. It's good for the Texas sun. Yeah. <laughs> Stop bragging about the Texas sun. I almost look like Neil Young. I don't know. You do, but but you you also look like that you wouldn't turn down Joe Rogan, though. Ah, that's stretching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so two truths. Anything else about the two truths? Well, so not separate, kind of going on that a little bit. One can't be there without the other. Okay. Right? I don't so know. That's why that's why you can't argue with this. You whack the, the wood, right? You you can't argue with this. Right. Yeah, you can. It's always this. There isn't anything else. But if you don't see that, then you'll look for other. You'll look for a result. You'll look for the two truths. You'll look for relative truth and ultimate truth. And they're not two different things. They're not even things. They're not even two. They're not even true. Two truths. Yeah. Not that. Not, not, not. But that's the whole idea. And you already know this. You've been studying it forever. Um, everything is empty of what you impute or what you think. It's empty. It's Everything is vividly unreal in emptiness, yet there's still form. That's a wonderful statement out of the Sadhana Mahamudra, or my version of it anyway. Thank you. You got a lot of questions about this issue of um, you know, ordinary reality or relative reality, uh, I notice. Yeah. So I thought it might be useful just to say a few words about that. Thank you. Certainly. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, participation. Further questions? Another question from Marco. Marco in the Netherlands. Okay. Marco in the Netherlands. Is awareness the only thing that really happens? So we're using the word happens, and is it the only thing, and is it really, and we're using all these concepts. So I, I would, the way I'm understanding what it is that you want to know, uh, I would I would say yes. Just, just everything is just receiving. But I'm saying that to you. If I were to say it ultimately, or use relative words to talk about the ultimacy of anything, then nothing happens. The whole thing is uh, unreal. Unreal from the point of view of it does not last. It has no, it doesn't go on and on. Relative truth does that, and it's unreal. So as a practitioner, yes, awareness. Be aware of, be aware of, the, rather than, rather than uh, do anything extra, be aware of that, and also be aware of how you add on. As I, when I teach, uh, talk about uh, Shikantaza, be aware of what's rising in the mind stream, in the life stream, down the hallway, uh, in your memory, and then also be aware of the way the the 
the intelligence of the ego continues to add on a little comment, but put a little, a uh, little, uh, uh, as they do with the cutting down the, the trees to, uh, to keep them away from the power lines, uh, a, a blue dot on there. That's the ego. Blue dot puts uh, on this one. And you can leave this one up, but you have to trim it. It's that kind of thinking. Uh, but this other one, that's too, that's in the way of, uh, uh, of my communication with my wonderful self and my wonderful ideas. So we need to take that whole tree down. Then we need to chop it up and do whatever. But just using that as a, a metaphor, it's a, an ego is very intelligent at looking at anything that might start to look like this is empty of all your imputations about it. This is fundamentally empty of what uh, is fundamentally of what you think it is. And it's fundamentally full, to use more relative terms, of uh, what it actually is. What it actually is. Gumi, you're scratching your ear. For a minute, I thought you were scratching something else. Scratching for a question? Yeah, scratching for a question. You keep them in your ears? <laughs> hmm. Yes, sir. Well, before you were talking about uh, fixing things, what, when one notices the desire to fix something, what should one do with that? Just notice the desire. Don't fix the fixer. Don't fix it. Don't do anything. Just notice that you have a desire to fix something and give it no fuel. Don't punish it. Don't go the other way by trying to destroy it or look away or distract yourself from it. But just whatever's showing up, just notice that desire. Just receive the desire. You're receiving the, the second noble truth if you do nothing with it. Wanting, suffering is caused by wanting something else. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of that. You just have to, just have to be aware that you want something else. You don't have to fix it. Because if you fix it, if you do anything with it, that reinforces the, the primary uh, misunderstanding, which is mistaken identity, that there is someone here that's because there's a body and it's because I can trim my fingernails. There's, you know, I have some kind of say-so about this a little bit. Is there a final, final question? When... I'm more aware. I feel like um, it's really hard to receive my strong emotions reach to a point that I cannot stand anymore. Yes. And I don't want to do anything also from my action. So off the cushion, I think the only thing that I've been doing is crying. Yeah. And on the cushion. I'm just it's crying too. So what I'm crying about about. So <laughs> crying is good. I spend quite a bit of time crying myself. So sometimes I do it like you're doing, crying with other people there and perfectly okay to do that. We, that needs to come up. How do we know? It's coming up. So, but it doesn't lead to anything else. You don't have to stop that. You don't have to do anything with it. It's just just emotion coming up. There's no there's no uh, there's no solid identity behind that. It feels like it though, doesn't it? it? Feels like I'm crying. Just the crying is just coming up. You can do this. Just keep going, Yuhong. This uh, may not feel so good to you, but this is how it's done. We have to go right through the middle of the suffering. We have to go right through the middle of it. And for each person, that's going to show up in a different way. One person actually needs to be a monk. They have to go and they have to they have to do every, put all their <clears throat> all their turtles in one pickup. And they have to do everything. Everything has to go in there. And with someone else, uh, they can kind of pick and choose. Do more of that. Well, I'm going to do this. But in your situation, you have two children. You have, you're tied into your whole family structure and situation. And, you know, you're doing, you're doing good. Just continue to go. And you use this uh, structure, if you can, of the, the, the teacher or the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. I'm not the Buddha, obviously, but I'm uh, uh, someone who's been studying this for a while, longer than you have, and probably have some insights into this that you may not have. So we'll do it that way. We'll do it together. It's a mutual thing. 
return to the teacher, return to the teaching, which is what this is supposed to be about, uh, along with all the other things we study all week long, and return to the community. The community of people is very important. The community of people uh, that are intent upon understanding what this is, who they are, what their fundamental true nature is, without just a bunch of crazy beliefs and stuff. Just see it yourself. We're gonna. See, you can see this yourself. I know you can. Persist. Continue to return. Return to the wall. Return to the teacher. Return to the teaching. Everything is dependently arisen. Nothing comes from its own side as an individual. It just seems incredibly powerful. It seems so true. We have the feelings to back it up. Feelings are just self-existing. They don't have any reference point. They just look like it. And they look intensely like it. Eventually, those will be released from their moorings and you'll just have intense emotion. You'll have no idea why you're even crying. Not a prediction. It just looks like that's how it looks. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. If you value the teachings of Sokozan, and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.